Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I'm going to ask for your forgiveness in advance. I am recording this episode after three days of doing my women's conference, so my voice sounds a little scratchy and a little tired, but my heart for what I'm going to talk about is big and it will overcome however my voice sounds, so bear with me. I did an episode last week on resilience, and I got to be honest, I was totally blown away. Like I don't know the last time I have done an episode that you guys have responded to in such a big way. I got so many DMs. So many people tagged me on social. Clearly, this is a subject that people really resonate with right now. And that's great because that was part one of a multi-part series. So today is part two of my conversation about resilience. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go find it. I think it's a really important conversation to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to talk about today. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. To recap, last week I talked about the first step in having resilience, which is this ability to bounce back from hardship, to stand back up and go again. What does it mean to be resilient and to be strong and to keep going? Last week, I talked about the idea that for me, I think the first step is making peace with what is. And the way that we make peace is through our mindset and the way that we look at things. So that's what last week's episode was about. Go dig in and start there. But assuming you've already consumed that one, this week I want to talk about power. I want to talk about your personal power from a few different perspectives because resilience really is about strength. And nobody comes into this world resilient. You come into this world completely dependent on other people to keep you alive. In fact, my friend Tom and I were just talking about this, and it was in Tuesday's episode. So if you didn't listen to my interview with Tom Bill, you go check this out. He talks about this idea that humans are the only animal that come into the world with just zero skills and ability to keep themselves alive. Think about a horse. A horse comes into the world, and 20 minutes later, it's walking. We come into the world, and we can't do anything. And if you're designed in such a way, we have to presuppose that there's a reason for that. Yes, we are much more complex, and we can think, and we can speak, and we can do things that animals can't do. 
And so it's easy to think that it takes us longer to evolve and become functioning human beings because we have more things to evolve. But you can also look at it another way and ask if there's something more at play than just the fact that your wiring is more complex. Maybe what's at play is the reminder that we always have the ability to grow and evolve. And if you think about it, we did not come into the world with strength, but we certainly have the capability of growing it. Resilience is not something you're given at birth. Resilience is something you develop over time. So if you're listening to this and you feel frustrated because you think you should have been stronger, you think you should have had more willpower, you think you should have stood up faster, you think you should have kept going and not quit on yourself. If you're feeling frustrated with that, I want you to understand that this is something you can learn. And for me, it comes down to power. This week, I want to talk about how you can understand the power that you have and how you can find empowerment in what you've already gone through. So let's start with this idea of empowerment. I always hesitate to use that word. I think a lot of people say, like, I want to empower women, right? But I think the dangerous part about empowering someone is it presupposes that they didn't have power in the first place. So I don't want you to think of the idea of empowerment as if someone needs to unlock a magic thing in you. You have incredible strength and incredible power. And if you don't feel like you do, it's because you're not paying attention. So one of the greatest things that I know of in terms of feeling strong is to look to our past. Now, if you were with me last weekend during RISE Conference or you've been part of RISE Conference before, then you understand that we devote an entire day to unpacking our past, to looking at what we've gone through, to looking at the hard stuff and the good stuff and the things that we've overcome, not from a place of making us feel weak or making us feel sad, but from a place of realizing, holy crap. If I can live through that, I definitely can live through the fact that I'm not sure how I'm going to make my car payment this month, right? Like if I can live through my parents' divorce, if I can live through my own divorce, if I can live through losing a friend, if I can live through losing a business, if I can live through, I'm trying to come up with every possible idea of what you guys might have walked through in your life. And I'm not even going to get close because the reality is that each and every one of us has our own traumatic, hard pieces. And sometimes we don't even want to look at them because it feels like too much. And sometimes we look at them, but only from a place of pain. It's rare that we're taught to look at the past trauma and use it to see ourselves as strong, as warriors capable of taking on anything. You have already been through so much to be here right now. I know you have because you're a human being. It's impossible for you to have gotten to this place in your life and not have had to live through some really hard stuff. But it's human nature to focus on the pieces of yourself that you're frustrated by. So all you see are the things you wish you would have done. All you see is the lack. You don't think about the fact that you're the one who managed to put yourself through school. You don't think about the fact that you didn't have the kind of parents that you wish you had, and so you basically raised yourself, and maybe you raised your siblings. 
You don't think about the fact that you get up every day and care for your children while you're struggling yourself. You don't give yourself credit for those things that you have done. Man, when you start to lay out the line of all of the ways that you have showed up in this lifetime, it should make you feel so freaking proud. But we learn to chase the wrong things. We learn to think that we're only supposed to be proud if we're famous or we're a really successful athlete or we've made a ton of money or we've done these big, bold things that everybody else should be impressed by. When you and I both know that there were days in your life where just getting out of bed was more impressive than any dollar amount anyone could ever earn, you are strong and you have a history of examples of that strength. It's just that you don't choose to look at it. So one of the things that I have the women at conference do is to write a letter to themselves. This is something that I did, oh my gosh, five years ago, six years ago, eight years ago. It's been a while. I was taking a class. I, I got to go to a workshop hosted by Rob Bell and Liz Gilbert, and it was amazing. And Liz Gilbert had us write a letter to ourselves. And I thought that was such a powerful tool, and I've used it again and again. And when I got to interview her last year, I told her how important this letter writing had been in my life, and I told her that I brought it into my conferences. And I just think it's a really powerful tool for you if you've never done it before. Grab a notebook, grab a piece of paper, and I want you to write a letter to yourself from your persistence. Like, dear Rachel, I am your persistence, and this is what I want you to know. Dear Abby, I am your persistence. Dear Chloe, I am your persistence. Dear Blanca, I am your persistence, and this is what I want you to know. And in that letter, you let your persistence speak. You write down everything that you have ever accomplished and lived through and kept going. In fact, make it from your resilience. Dear Sarah, I am your resilience and this is what I want you to know. I am the part of you that never gave up. I am the part of you that keeps going when it's hard. I am the part of you that is helping you to care for an aging parent. I am the part of you that continues to do the schoolwork every night after my regular work because I know that the answer to our dreams is that PhD. Dear Beth, I am your resilience and I am the one that continues to fight to pay down the debt even though it seems so big and so insurmountable. I am the one that believes that we can be financially free. Every single one of you will have a different letter. But every single one of you should be able to fill an entire page with all of the things that you have gone through. The problem is that most women won't give themselves credit for stuff because they think it's too little to celebrate. And I think that every freaking thing that you have overcome and stood against and figured out is something to be celebrated. I mean, look at it this way. Why on earth would your subconscious want to help you make change if every time it actually helps you do something good, you don't even acknowledge it? In fact, you only acknowledge the bad stuff. You only focus on what to be anxious about. You only focus on the chaos. You only focus on how hard it is or how you don't have support or how you don't have friends or what you wish. You only focus on what you don't have. So what you reinforce to your subconscious and P.S., the universe, over and over and over again is that what you care about 
is when things don't work. We do not attract to our lives what we want. We attract to our lives what we are. Wayne Dyer said this 20 years ago, and it's no less relevant now than it was then. What you focus on, you give energy to. And so when you continue to focus on all the things you aren't getting right, you are reinforcing to everything in you and everything out in the world that that's who you are. What I'm asking you to do with this challenge is to start to focus on when it did work, when you did show up in the right way. I don't want to empower you. I want you to empower yourself. You empower yourself by discovering that the power was already there. And the next time that something feels hard or whatever you're facing in life, when it feels hard, I want you to look back at that list and realize how many bigger things you've already lived through. So that's the second piece, to empower your past, to look at it from a different perspective. The third part of this lesson on resilience, but also through the lens of power, is to understand your power, is to know that you are in control. I will say it again and again. I will be this like 100-year-old woman walking around with a cane still trying to tell you guys that you are the one who is in control of your life. You are in control. We cannot control what happens to us. We don't have control over the world around us. We can't control a global pandemic. We cannot control when we lose someone that we love, when someone leaves us or cheats on us, when the car breaks down and now all of a sudden we have this bill that we didn't anticipate. We don't have control over that, but we always have control of our outlook. We always have control of the way we choose to perceive the world around us. Always. And it's not easy. Remember, resilience is about strength, and it's about strength that you develop over time. And if you want to be strong, there's no way to achieve that simply, right? It's going to require work, and it's going to require effort. But you can reframe the way that you look at the world around you at any given moment. One of the ways that I've learned to do that over time is to become conscious of my thoughts. Think about what you think about. Meditation is hugely helpful for this because it allows us to separate ourselves from the thoughts. My doctor, Dr. Amen, who you guys maybe heard me do an episode with several weeks ago on brain and neurology and how we think and why we think has this line that I love. He says, you don't have to believe every stupid thing you think. I said that to someone recently and I thought our eyes were going to explode. She was like, what? I'm like, oh yeah, just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. We're wired to believe that those thoughts in our head are the smartest things that we can come up with. So if it tells you that you're incapable, if it tells you that you're wrong, if it tells you that the world is out to get you or that all women are mean or that you'll never find a way, whatever thought you have, if that thought doesn't support you, if the thought doesn't support the world that you want to live inside of, you can choose to not believe it. In fact, I refuse to believe any thought that doesn't support the woman that I want to be. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't times where I'm tired or maybe I feel stressed and I will think something and it will start to travel through my system and it will start to have a response in my nervous system that shows up as anxiety, mostly because I'm wired for that. That has happened so many times in my life that it can be hard to catch that thought before it starts to spread. 
But every single time that it does, I remind myself that that's not who I am anymore. I see the thought. I separate myself from it. And I remember that I'm in control. So if I am in control, then I have to practice that in real time. And the way that I practice that in real time is by choosing what I do want to think. We can choose our thoughts. Gabby Bernstein says, choose the next good feeling thought. What is a true thing that you can think about instead that will make you feel good? Not something fake, not a mantra that says, oh, I'm going to have a million dollars by Tuesday, right? But what is something that you can think that is true and good? When you start to feel stressed, when you start to feel anxious, when that voice in the back of your head tells you that something is not possible, that it was never meant to be yours, what can you latch on to that is good? It's why having a morning gratitude meditation is so freaking powerful, you guys. If you have the Rise app, then go in there. There's so many of them. You can go onto YouTube. You can go onto Spotify. There's just so many gratitude meditations that you could do for free. It's why it's a powerful way to start your day because when you do, you have all of these things to be thankful for at the ready. At any given moment, I can put myself back into a state of gratitude because I started the day paying attention to that. I can remember feeling gratitude for the joke that my 14-year-old told me or feeling gratitude for the butterfly that I saw. Please don't roll your eyes. There's a lot of butterflies around me and I just think it's freaking magic. There's something really powerful about paying attention to the little things. I think that people get gratitude wrong. They think that they're supposed to pay attention to these big, massive, amazing things. And I think that true gratitude is can you find inspiration in the tiniest of details? And you can. It's one of the affirmations that I tell myself every day. There is beauty all around me. My world is filled with inspiration. And so I look for it. Because it's a practice of mine, I look for it. I look for opportunities to be inspired by other human beings, by nature, by kindness, by a plate of food that's beautifully presented. There is inspiration everywhere. And the goodness and the beauty inside that inspiration makes me want to be a better human, makes me want to think, oh, I I hope that people look at me and not on social media, not in a big flashy way, but I hope just how I live my very real life, I hope that's what people notice. I hope they see the kind of person that inspires them. I went to get a coffee yesterday. I was treating myself. I, if you've been following my my journey with my brain health, I'm only allowed this little tiny cup of coffee every day. It's really sad. It's really hard, but I feel so much better. So I believe in the work and I'm going to keep doing it. But yesterday was the day after conference. And so I decided that I was going to treat myself. I was going to go get a cappuccino, which is a big splurge because I'm not really having espresso because there's so much caffeine in it. And I went to one of my favorite coffee shops and I just had this awareness in me, this this affirmation, because I was saying it to myself on the drive over, that I see inspiration every day. And I say it that way. I say it as an affirmative because I know that if I say that and I believe it, that that's what I will find. And I went to this place called L's in uh, Bee Cave. If you all know Austin, it's really rad. And if you've never been there, highly recommend it. And it's connected to this amazing 
place called Alive and Well, which is like you can get a massage, you can get a facial, but it's like really beautifully done and very intentional. It's not like a bougie spa. It's like a really wellness-driven, crystals abound. The practitioners really care about the work they're doing. This is not an ad. It's just like one of my favorite spots. So I was driving over to get a coffee. I was driving over to Els. I ordered a cappuccino and I watched this gal and I wish I had I wish I had asked her name so I could give her a shout out right now. But she had bright pink hair and she was wearing like a a fun t-shirt and like I feel like a Catholic school girl skirt and she was funky and she was rad and every human that she came into interaction with she was just love just joy and love every person she talked to. She had so much heart and so much presence and held space for every single person. And I I don't know that there's anything that inspires me more in the world than someone doing their work with love. I mean, you and I have seen thousands of baristas who could not care less or who maybe thought this was a job, or maybe thought I'm checking a box. And this young woman, I swear to you, she was doing, she was living out her purpose. She was leading people. She was giving love by making them coffee. And I stood back and watched her. I was so inspired by the way that she was loving on total strangers. And as I was sitting there and I was watching her work, I saw a woman come up in line it was a long line. I was waiting for my coffee, and the woman came up in line, and I heard her say to the person taking her order that it was her birthday. She was wearing a really cute dress, and they complimented her dress. She was like, oh, thanks. It's my birthday. And I went over, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to buy your coffee. She was like, what? Oh, my gosh. No way. That's No, no, don't buy my coffee. I'm like, you are not buying your birthday coffee. I'm going to buy your birthday coffee. And I like, I'd like to think that I always would be that person, like that I would always consider showing up for a stranger. But I got to be honest, if I hadn't just stood there and watched this beautiful light worker with her pink hair love on every single person who came up to her counter, and if I hadn't been so aware of what it looked like to watch someone love on strangers, I don't know that I would have been looking for a way for me to love on a stranger. Do you see the connection here, you guys? Understanding your power when it comes to resilience is you understanding that you have the power in any given moment to choose what to see. I understand that when we're going through hard times, it maybe isn't the moment in life that you want to look for inspiration in the world around you or look for beauty. Or one of the things I say when I go out in public, a lot of times, if I'm you know, driving to the bookstore, I'm going to go to the grocery store or something. When I go through my day, I will say, give me someone to love. I will ask the universe to put someone in my path that needs some love today, which when we're in hard seasons feels like the opposite of what we should be asking for because it can be pretty hard to love when you feel depleted. But I have found that when I'm in the hardest seasons, I can wallow, right? And there are times, don't get me wrong, please listen to me. There are moments when you got to sit in it. There are moments when you have to cry. When the right thing for you is to lay in bed and allow yourself to feel how sad this is. That's real. 
but you didn't make it all the way through this episode if you are still in that place. You have to be asking for something more. If you're, even if you are still crying in bed and really processing it, you're listening to this because some part of your spirit says, it's time. It's time to start reaching for what's next. And one of the best ways that I know of to get out of that place is to show up for others, is to love others, is to understand that you are in control of your mindset. And if you're in control of your mindset, then you're in control of the way that you feel. It's hard. Man, is it hard. It's a practice. I started doing yoga. I think I told you guys this, which is wild because I am not a yoga person. Well, maybe I am now, to be honest with you. I've gone so many times. But one of the things I love is that the instructors always say it's a practice. They say yoga is a practice. And I don't know a lot of things in life that give us the opportunity to practice. This thing that you're going through right now is giving you the opportunity to practice. Practice the person you want to be. Practice the way you want to show up. Practice the mindset that you have. And sometimes we have to practice that thing a lot before it starts to click. But it's possible. It's possible to change the way you are and the way you think and what you believe right now, today, with a shift in your perspective. So look to the past. Look to the past to see what it is that you need to be reminded of. Look to the past to be reminded that you are strong and capable and brave. And then understand that in this present moment, you have power and control over the way you see the world around you. Because standing back up is never going to stick. It's never going to feel natural for you if there's a disconnection between the action that you're taking and the way that you're feeling. See, you can get yourself to physically or mentally or emotionally go again, but if you're disconnected from something grounding, you're just going to fall all over again. And maybe that's what's happened. Maybe you got yourself to get up and start going through the motions and you tried and it just didn't work. It's because there has to be a connection between the thing that you're doing, the action that you're taking, and the way that you're feeling. And if you still feel lost, if you still feel like you are on the ground, even if your physical body is doing something different, it's never going to work. The human spirit is capable of pushing us so freaking far, but it will only last so long if there's nothing to renew your spirit. So I hope that you'll take the time this week to renew your spirit with the strength from your past. And I hope that you will take the time to ask yourself what you can be doing today to be reminded of how powerful you are when it comes to your thoughts. I hope you found this week's episode helpful. And like last week, if this is something that resonated with you, will you all please take a screenshot and put it on social? Will you link out to it. If you got a friend who you feel like really needs it, is going through a hard time, will you send it to them? This work I do here is never about finding another fan. I don't need one more fan. What I do need is women to understand, and a few good men, because I know there's a few of you who listen. I want you to understand that you are a leader. And if there's something that you're learning in your life that's helping you, ask yourself who it might help as well. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I will be back next week with my next segment on resilience, 
which is all about purpose. That's going to be a big episode. We're going to talk about how do you figure out what your purpose is? How do you tie that purpose to action? How do you create a plan from that place? It's going to be really good. So make sure you check it out. Have a fantastic week. Know that you are loved. Know that you are in control of what happens next. And remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis podcast is a 3% chance production.